Right. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, good evening, good brothers. Uh, What's this that, man? Russ from uh, Agape Love Network. Um, and tonight we're here to have God talk. You know, we come every so often on Wednesdays at eight o'clock, get together, um, a meeting of the minds, and we talk about everything from relationship to manhood, uh, fatherhood, um, all of the above. Um, and I have the honor to host tonight's talk. Um, before we get into this talk about how depression affects men after breakups, I would like the good brothers to uh, introduce just introduce yourself, and we're going to jump right into the conversation after that. Well, I am Gregory Devon, uh, out of Durham, North Carolina. Um, it's always a pleasure to be with my bros. We look forward to this wonderful discussion on today. How you doing? My name is Jared Bogarty, and I am from the great state of Alabama, from Birmingham to be exact. So glad to be with you guys today. Let's get started. I'm ready for this one. been waiting on this one all week. <laughs> all right. Uh, and uh, I am Omar Lyles, founder of Agape Love Network, learning to, lead, learning to deal with things that are difficult and uncomfortable in relationships. All right. All right. Thank you, brother Zone. Appreciate everybody jumping on tonight. Um, as I said, let me say thank you, Omar, for allowing me to be a guest host tonight. Um, and we're just going to jump right into this conversation. Um, you know, the, the topic is, is, a, is a deep one. Um, mm -hmm. How men deal with depression after a breakup, mm -hmm. after a relationship ends, after somebody walks away, um, after a divorce even. How a lot of people might think that um, men don't have emotions sometimes, mm -hmm. like, think that men uh we don't care or you know sometimes we can be so stoic they feel like we don't we don't hurt we don't have pain but you know th that is actually total opposite of the truth um we right. also deal with um depression and sadness and hurt and pain and this being uh mental health month uh the month of may um this is a, a fitting and very appropriate uh conversation for god talk tonight so um, as I, I reached out to you guys a little bit earlier and I wanted to talk about this topic from a different angle, mm -hmm. um, we're going to go into, you know, the experience of depression. Um, but what I really wanted to, to talk about is how we manage the depressions in certain ways. Um, you know, uh, I am a therapist by profession. So um, I talked to a, a, a lot of men a lot of guys that deal with depression. And what I've found is that we have certain particular ways, first certain particular defense mechanisms yeah. that we use to avoid dealing with that hurt and that pain and that sadness, um, not only after breakup, but um, with any type of turmoil we're going through, but mm -hmm. specifically, specifically going to talk about after breakup. So I want to give a general definition of defense mechanisms and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of um some of the defense mechanisms that we use to um to, to fight off that feelings of depression so when it comes to defense mechanisms defense mechanisms is attempt to find ways to protect ourselves from dealing with hurt and anxiety by using unhealthy unconscious avoidance strategies Defense mechanisms are used to distort and reject reality so that we don't have to face real wounds, embarrassments, and brokenness on the inside of us. 
Now, these tactics might sound helpful. Um, they might sound uh, powerful, but they they do not create change and they do not create improvement inside of it as well. So the first defense mechanism that I want to talk about or kind of explore and uh, dissect um, when it comes to dealing with depression is the defense mechanism of denial, of denial. Um, basically, a denial is a failure to face the reality of the pain um, that, that, that we are dealing with um, after a breakup, after a divorce, after a separation. When it comes to denial um, and, and with, with breakups, how have you seen it um, play out? How does it affect us when it comes to dealing with depression? Um, how do you how have you seen it in, in men? So um, I'll, I'll just leave that question out there and whoever wants to uh, pick it up with uh, denial and dealing with depression. How does the, how do they work hand in hand? Normally, what happens is men have a particular script that they have in their head about mm -hmm. how their life should go. And what happens is when it deviates from it, we try to use deflection as a method mm -hmm. to. Uh, not take responsibility when it really comes to dealing with what life hands us. So what happens is gentlemen will try to either uh, try to deflect or try to alleviate the responsibility and put it on somebody else. Like mm -hmm. I ain't nothing wrong with me is you, you the one that's got the problem. You right. know what I mean? Instead of saying, Hey, let me listen to see what you have to say. And if I'm wrong, I will make that adjustment. See, you have to have that type of uh, that type of accountability about yourself. And a lot of times people don't always do that. And especially with men, we have this certain pride that we have to sure. adhere to. You know, yep. we have these certain rules that men have to live by. So those are the things that men deal with. So what they try to do is they try to use that as a, a coping mechanism to, to get the heat off of them for a minute instead of having him take responsibility for his own actions. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, JB. You know, and I, I often say, man, that that men... Uh, we kind of run away from things that we fail at. And a lot of times a failed relationship will cause you to run away from that failure and act as if it does not exist because it goes against, you know, who we see ourselves to be. You know, all of us see ourselves as, you know, uh, champions or what have you or, or, or big bad whomever. And we don't want to succumb to uh, any hurt or any feeling that seems less than, us, you know, looking a certain way in society. So it becomes easy if I act as if this never happened or if it never existed. And I refuse to deal with this reality. And I tell myself it, it didn't happen or it wasn't that bad or it wasn't even bad at all. You know, and, um, you know, we can, you know, repress or suppress depending upon what we're going through. And it's like when we do that, uh, we don't give those in our immediate vicinity an opportunity to be here for us you know because we don't want anybody to know that we even need help so at the end of the day denying this um it just takes us away from fully existing in a space where we can be an overcomer because to overcome means that i have faced this reality and i have chosen to uh, push through this wall or, or do something that puts me on the other side of it. But again, if we don't learn healthy means, we'll never come to that, that uh, reality. 
Mm. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I think about is how uh, men, not us in particular, but um, they use uh, a defense mechanism as if uh, what's hurting them on the inside is not really happening at all. You know, and because they really don't want to show their feelings uh, outwardly or give the appearance of showing any feelings because people don't understand that men love to. Uh, we hurt on the inside. And this is goes back to uh, how how men view themselves and light of the culture uh, that they live in. Because remember, as we talked about in our other sessions, a lot of times mm -hmm. men do not like showing. Uh, any sorts of feelings or anything of that nature or expressions for other people because it is a sign of weakness. And so when we break up from relationships, uh, we feel pain as well. We feel hurt as well. And so we have our own ways that we deal with our own emotions. Brian? Man, I mean, JB, you always smacking home runs. I think it's that Cowboys hat you got on. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, from personal experience, um, breakups are one of those things where, in a sense, it's it's kind of like in you know any sports. Um, you know when they end up losing the game because of something that, you know, they felt like they did or they, you know, they, they end up losing. What they try to do is they're going to try to do everything achievement oriented to try to erase what you've seen. And so I think with men, many of them will try to find other achievements to overshadow what seems to be a failure. And when that ends mm -hmm. up happening, then they become, they in a sense go through a phase of hyper masculinity where everything that they do is they're overdoing it because they're trying to compensate for the ale that they're taking. Um, mm -hmm. And I've done it. And I've done it where, you know, I had a breakup about 13 years ago. And mm -hmm. it was very evident, you know, within days after I was trying to find a replacement because it rocked me so hard because there are men who they pride themselves on being able to not necessarily get what they want, but they pride themselves on being able to get a certain result because that's the type of man they are. And when a breakup happens, especially one that is not what they were looking for, now they're hyper masculine or they over pursue so the next woman that I ended up pursuing after that I didn't just take my time to get to know her no I went and bought gifts and I'm gonna deliver this for you and I'm gonna do all those other things to assure her that I ain't gonna do like I did last time or whatever I felt like was done to me the last time I was in a relationship I'm gonna make sure I don't do that again and the right. problem with that is that when a breakup happens, you need to assess. But many times men, they don't assess. What they do is, well, let me go to the next one. Let me go to the next one and let me show my superpower. But mm -hmm. that superpower has taken a hit because now 
that breakup, trying to um, trying to merit that breakup is now a vocal point of your thought process. And let me say this too, gentlemen, like not only do we deny the experience, but we deny the feeling because we don't want to feel that way. You know, we don't want to feel heartbreak. We don't want to feel hurt. And the reason that we don't want to feel that is because we don't know how to feel that. You know, again, when we're little boys, you know, we are taught not to have a relationship with hurt and pain. And those of us who played sports, be it basketball, football, or what have you, we know our coaches told us what? Suck it up. Right. Suck it up. And so we learn at a very early age, suck it up. You're not hurt. You perform. And we don't realize that's cool on the field of battle. But it is not cool in relationships and it is not cool in your personal life. Because on the field, I have to perform, right? But in life, I have to live. And I think sometimes we deny the feeling of hurt and we perform and we and we act we, we play a character almost because I don't know who I am in this space of pain. So I, so I cannot be that person. So I have to pretend that I'm not hurting and I have to create my own reality to avoid living in the one that's actually before me because I, I don't know how to be or how to exist outside of this space that I've created for myself. So I think what happens oftentimes for us as men is that not only do we deny, again, the experience and the pain, but then we can never come into a full understanding as to who we are because pain will either hurt you or will help you. And we don't realize that with the pain that we feel sometimes in regard to breaking up or, or separation, what have you, God can use that pain to help us. But sometimes we don't allow ourselves to feel that because we have no experience in being vulnerable, you know, and, and I know that AB will appreciate, appreciate this, but some of our denial ends up us turning to what? Sex. Right. And now we have an unhealthy relationship with sex. Get my boy's book, shameless plug. But um, <laughs> but uh, so so then we, we fall off on set because why we we were taught that the only avenue to intimacy is sex, and in our inner being, we know that what we need is an intimate experience that will help us understand how to be vulnerable. But again, we turn to sex because we feel like, well, I, I want to get this aggression out, and then I feel better. And it worked like a drug temporarily where you'll do that over and over and over and over. And you might feel better in this moment because, you know, of the dopamine and the serotonin and the oxytocin and all of this. But we end up finding ourselves becoming drug addicts. Mm -hmm. I don't mean the drug you buy. The drugs your body make. You, you, can, you can have a fixation on toxic behavior because your toxic behavior can make your body create those things that that you feel good, but you feel good 
about a bad behavior. Right. And that's where a lot of us uh, fall in is that we, we don't want to deal with this pain. I don't want to deal with this hurt. So I'm going to do what I have to do to feel a different way. Now, some of us will go to a hard narcotic, but it's not always that. No. Well, there are a lot of people who have an addiction to mm -hmm. what your body makes. Yeah. If I can add to that, mm -hmm. um, we don't only go into denial because we don't know how to feel it. So th that's definitely true. That's 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 one of the reasons. But what denial also does, it stops us from empathizing with others. Like when, they're, when they're hurt. Because if we never go through the process of experiencing that hurt and pain, how can we really recognize that in other people? How can we recognize it when we're causing it in other people? You know, so so denial, it, it works. Yeah. It, it's a two-way street. Like it That's hurts right. us and then it continue to hurt. It hurts other people. That's like right. I, I've been, there's been times in my life where I, I've been in denial after a, a breakup. Well, mm -hmm. I'll use excuses like uh, people ask me, you all right? I'm good. Try to brush it off, you know, or, yeah. or, or her loss, things yeah. like that. Knowing that I, I'm really hurting inside. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's that's the mask. That's the cover um, that we use to try to um, to hide the pain that we're going through. Um, and that's that, that that denial piece. Right. You know why we usually do that, man? It's because we haven't been taught what Come we on. are. Let me explain yeah. to you what I mean by that. I don't know if you guys, I'm a, I'm a music aficionado. Okay. I've learned how to play the piano, that type of thing. And in music, what I've noticed is that in order for a song to sound good, it mm -hmm. has to have more than one note. Yes, you can hum that one note, but mm -hmm. it is when you add other things to it that it be, gives itself life. Mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a symphony, you have multiple instruments that add brevity and, and gravity to the, to, the, to the music that gives it its depth. Well, God gives us the ability to exchange and have multiple feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. And as men, we're not taught how to deal with those multiple feelings. We, come, we have emotions that range from love to rage to happiness to joy to sadness. But the thing about it is most men have one note, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Or two Mercy. notes. Either they go from either love mm -hmm. or to rage. And yeah. nine times out of the ten in relationships, you see the people either you're gonna deal with people in love or mm -hmm. you're gonna be dealing with the bad side, the the rage, mm -hmm. because that's all they're taught to. Now, mm -hmm. in 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 certain situations, they have their purpose. Like with love, it teaches you how to be tender with somebody, to, to be vulnerable, to connect with somebody else. And also when mm -hmm. you have rage and you use that to protect people, the people that you love, you see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You muster up strength. Where you can do things where you think you couldn't do that adrenaline kicks in and you start to protect people. Those things have their purpose. But at the same time, as little boys, as men, we are rarely taught to deal with the cords of our relationships. Yes, the sir. The cords of our emotions. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why fathers are so important to teach their 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 sons. OK, this is this is how you handle rage this is how you handle disgust this is how you handle joy mm -hmm. this is how you handle grace and it's mm -hmm. like it speaks to what you said ab it teaches us to be empathetic to mm -hmm. other people's emotions and what it does it allows us to connect with people on a more intimate level as greg would normally say so that way we build better bonds with people yeah. 
and we don't, yeah. you know, treat people any old kind of way because we understood how that made us feel as a person. So we don't want to put that on somebody else. Now, the problem with that comes is if you're not taught that over time, you're right. going to deal with emotions the way you see other people do it. And mm-hmm. you're going to deal with the way, the only way you know how. I, I think I heard, uh, what was that? Somebody say, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know you don't know it. Okay. And, and that's how it is sometimes, man. You you deal with problems the way you know how to deal with it based upon where you are in your level of maturity. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't know how to deal with your emotions a certain mm-hmm. way, you can you can fall susceptible to depression. You know what I mean? If you don't know you're a child of God, you're going to be like, I'm out here all alone. You know what I mean? The Bible says, I will never, never leave you or forsake you. And yeah. if you got that in the back of you, in your mind, knowing that God got your back, Preach, then guess what? You're going to know that there's nothing that you can't overcome. But my yeah. thing is, it's a lot of times, a lot of men don't have that relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and they don't have that relationship with God. And they're leading themselves to depression because they don't know that somebody has their back. So yeah. that's why it's so important that we catch young men and boys at a certain age to teach them how to orchestrate that symphony of emotions that they have so yeah. that way they can grow up to be better men and better leaders in their communities. Yeah. Let's dive into conversation a little forward um, because that's just one uh, defense mechanism we use. There's a, right, there's a few of them that we're going to go through. So let's mm-hmm. push a little forward. Um, displacement is another one that we commonly use. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to dealing with our emotions, our sadness, our pain, and depression, our depression. So displacement, just a quick definition, is satisfying an impulse or a feeling with a substitute object. So, for example, a man gets reprimanded at work, mm-hmm. gets fired, pink slip, uh, whatever, a write-up, says nothing to his boss, but comes home and yells at the kids. Right. The dogs gets mad at his wife. That's mm-hmm. an example of displacement. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to breakups, how do how does displacement look in a man when we're fighting against depression? And Brian, I told you was I knew you was about to say something. So just, let's let's, let's so, put it a, a lot of times with a with a man um, when we may go through a breakup. Mm-hmm. The first thing that we're going to look at or the first person that we may end up having a conversation with is our mother. Our mother is going to, you know, listen to us and hear us. And when we're having a conversation with our mother and we're telling her what happened, we may then displace the blame or the pain on the fact that I have gone through this before. And we may displace it and say, OK, this is how women are towards me but the problem with that is that with displacement there's a lack of accountability and so because there's a lack of accountability there's a level of entitlement that goes into possibly the next situation which is i went through these six breakups they all all did this to me which means Mm -hmm. that if you do this to me you are just like them and so because you're just like them now I'm not taking responsibility and realizing that maybe the women that I have been choosing have been based on a superficial idea of femininity. They have been based on a superficial uh, understanding of what a real woman is. And so when I do that, 
that's when I begin to understand that maybe I need to not displace each of those women for what they did, but I need to take a look and say, what about each of those breakups is the difference in why I'm seeing these results. And then when I begin to do that, I then begin to understand that there is a responsibility on mm -hmm. me to make sure that I take ownership of the things that I did not pay attention to. Because in hindsight, when you have put something to the side for so long, eventually that pain is going to linger to the point of where you can no longer ignore it. Yeah. So Isaac Newton said that energy is not lost or destroyed. It's just transferred from one party to another. And our emotions are the same way because how you feel is that's energy. And at the end of the day, when you have an emotion or energy that you don't know what to deal with or how to deal with it, you're going to do something with that energy. And the reality is sometimes we find unhealthy ways that we would displace this energy onto other parties because we, again, are trying to avoid something. So we have to do something with this energy and we have we don't have a good relationship sometimes with, again, dealing with this. So I have to pawn it off on something or somebody else. Now, a healthy thing would be for me to go to the gym and to work out and to get my frustration and get this energy out and transfer this energy from me to this punching bag or me to these weights. But we uh, we we make people our punching bag. You know what I'm saying? We, we make uh, sometimes those we know can't fight back our punching bag because we don't give any consideration to um how that person may be feeling because again when you displace you're being selfish and the only person you consider is you and you need to get this off of you so you uh you throw it on to somebody else and then you find an issue with their response because if you find somebody that you can throw it on and then they're and then they they uh respond back with aggression that has done for me exactly what I needed. That was to rationalize why I can stay angry, why I can stay aggressive. Because now I say, well, I'm responding to you. So now my anger back, I have a justifiable means now. I can say, oh, I'm, I'm just responding to you. When I started this, I started this. But again, we do it all the time. We will, we will displace the energy somewhere else and then justify why we're doing it. At the end of the day, we have, as men, a great relationship with anger and aggression. So when someone upsets me, for whatever the reason is, I actually feel good in a sense about being angry because I know how I'm accustomed to handling anger. This is comfortable for me. So essentially, abnormal has now become normal. And I will never see anything wrong with my behavior because I have rewritten the rules of engagement. And I have said that for me to be angry and aggressive is okay because that is the language that we are used to speaking with one another. 
but we don't realize there are times as men where like let's say like me and jb have an issue or whatever whatever at the end of the day like if we boys <laughs> either we finna argue or we finna fight right you know what i'm saying and we can legitimately have a heated argument or even fight and still be friends tomorrow because we're both men and we know this ain't really personal. <laughs> I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm saying that's how men generally are. But we have to realize everyone else doesn't operate like that. And, and there's some men who are not as aggressive that that might work for either. So at the end of the day, we have to learn how to own this energy and do some introspection to be able to kind of get rid of this. And, and, and I know the energy is transferred, but the Bible says what? Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So the exchange should happen for those of us who are faith-based people with God. I should take on his yoke and give him my burden. So therefore the energy, it didn't get lost. It was transferred. But God know what to do with it because he's a very present help in our time of trouble. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times we will deal with situations like that with substitution. And what go. we would do is we'll do something instead of, you know what I mean? That deflection comes in the form of substitution. I'll give you an example. Say, for instance, in a situation where this gentleman lost his job, okay, mm -hmm. or he broke up with his lady, lady friend. Some guys will result to drugs or alcohol yeah. as a mechanism to soothe yeah. their pain. And what happens is that's how addictions are created. You know what I mean? You begin to develop a dependency on substance instead of a person. And what happens is, is when you keep developing, how should I say this? When you're developing a, a reliability on external things you're going to continue to do that and you're not going to be able to to cope with it properly you're going to wind up damaging yourself you're going to wind up being unhealthy you know what i mean you're not going to figure out exactly how to fix something and you're taking it from you're substituting from one thing and giving it another and i don't know if y'all remember this back in the 80s we had a, a crack epidemic where yeah. everybody was, you know, talking about, you know, this happening in, 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 in the neighborhoods. Everybody was on crack. That was a result of what was going on for the times. Times was rough back then. So oh. people used drugs, alcohol as a means to cope. Yep. You know what I mean? And it birthed a whole lot of other stuff that came up behind that. But I say that to say this is that sometimes that can be in the form of substitution instead of, you know, transferring from this to that. They want to use something else as a coping mechanism. You know what I mean? So those are the things you have to look at. It can come in many forms. Sometimes it may not ma manifest mm -hmm. in, in drugs, or alcohol. It could manifest in deviant sexual behavior with a whole lot of other women. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, and, and you, now you wrecking other folks' lives or whatever, because you haven't properly dealt with your emotions and how you, how you deal with things intimately. You know, you use sex as a substitution for intimacy. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of times you can do yourself a lot of harm if you don't know how to deal with something properly. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, but when it comes down to displacement, you're thinking about the position in which you would in which you once had, you know, with your significant other. Um, your significant other was your one and only, and you were the man, you know, where if you were married or where if you were one that was taking the lead in a relationship, you have been displaced and you are no longer in that specific position. So you redirect your feelings and by by not just being bothered about what's really going on in your personal life. Because mm -hmm. the struggle is really there. This is mm -hmm. someone that you used to love, someone that you once held hands with, someone that you shared your, your secrets, someone who was your confidant, someone who you connected with, you know, for, for many years or maybe just one or two years, you know. So this was the person that you felt that was going to be your one and only. You know, you're all in all, someone that was going to be your soulmate for the rest of your life. You know, not mm -hmm. that I'm saying that uh, everyone agree with the term soulmate, but it, but in reality, this was the person that you were bonding with. So you, yeah. the position that you once had, you know, you were her king. You know, you were her husband. You know, you were mm -hmm. her boyfriend. You was you were you was the once uh, you were once the provider. You know, in that kind of a sense, if you were in a marriage or long term relationships, you know, so you no longer have to have that that title anymore. You no longer reign as as the man in her life anymore. So you feel so you feel a little bit displaced. And so you, you travel into an area of loneliness, uh, thinking that you're no longer uh, in a position to be in another relationship anymore. So you know that's what I pretty much get from that, and, and that is pretty much another term that's actually used, you know, a lot when it comes down to dealing with relationships when one is actually being displaced from your particular position in life, you know, because um, even in, in my my own personal life, I know what it's like to actually be displaced, you know, mm -hmm. and no longer feeling like you were once in that position, like man, I'm not in a relationship no more. You know, uh, wow, it's, it's, it's quite a, it sort of shocks you. At first, you really don't have no feelings at first. You're like, oh, wow, I can deal with this. You know, this is, this is a ball in the park. <laughs> right. Two weeks later, you know, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, a light bulb just came out. I'm not in the little shit. I'm at home, you know, I'm on, I'm on social media and, and life is really not the same with the when you were once with a person that you truly were sharing your life with right at one point what what happens is is that your your heart becomes homeless and it doesn't have a home anymore and you're feeling that that separation and a lot of times guys don't know how to deal with that so that's what happens when 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 guys try to use that as a displacement they're looking mm -hmm. for somewhere to place their heart and they try to use something else as a substitution or try to find something else and they feel that separation. They're grieving the relationship loss. That's exactly what's going on. That's so a good word. Let's take a look, a quick pivot in the conversation. Um, we talked about denial. We've talked about displacement. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about the unhealthy ways that we tend to cope with the feelings of depression after uh, a breakup. How would you advise a brother mm -hmm. um, to cope with those feelings? Um, what healthy ways would you suggest to him to deal with that um, emotion of depression after a breakup? If he's in denial, um, if he's uh, displacing those emotions, um, mm -hmm. what have you done in your personal life 
you know, to help overcome like the the pain of a of a breakup. Give it a little bit. Um, Personally, what I've done is I've actually sought counsel from family members, older uh, uncles that are my family, and ask them, "Hey, man, what do I do in a situation like this? I ain't never, I ain't never been been through nothing like this before. This hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do I deal with this? You know, they tell you, "Hey, look, this is what I want you to do, man. Get in that word. Do what you got to do. Uh, don't be, you know, staying up late at night. Get you plenty of rest because you, what you're feeling, you're gonna feel exhausted. You're gonna look for something else to do." Sometimes counsel will help you out when you don't know the way to go. And sometimes you don't, you may not have, you know, an older uncle or something like that. Sometimes you may have to lean on some of the, some of the guys that you're close to and say, Hey man, I'm going through it. And we have to be a, a, a shoulder for each other from time to time. A lot of times guys don't always say, you know, I got one good homeboy that I can talk about my feelings and emotions with because mm-hmm. we don't normally do that. You know what I mean? So that's right. My thing is this, you got to find somebody that that seeks counsel. Even sometimes you have to seek therapy. You may not always right. know uh, what to do. So just say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going through it. You know what I mean? Seek some mm-hmm. kind of therapy or counsel so that way mm-hmm. they can guide you how to deal with your emotions properly. So that way you don't yeah. hurt yourself mm-hmm. or go out and hurt somebody else. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's one of the things that I learned how to deal with that is to, to get wise counsel from someone else who's experienced it. Or someone who knows how to deal with it when you don't know how to deal with it. There are a lot of things that we have to unlearn as men that I think that we have to humble ourselves and be honest about it. There are a lot of unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy thinking that we have um, spent sometimes 20, 30 and 40 years picking up that we don't realize that in this moment now I must recognize what I need to unlearn and recognize what has caused some toxicity to form within me. Because many of us have reached the age of 30, 40, you know, 50, what have you, and realize that "Mm, I really don't know who I am. That's a sad reality for a lot of men, but it's a true reality because sometimes you have experiences that will sometimes show you just how much you really don't know who you are because you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to go through it. See, the church has, has done a very good job of teaching us about deliverance and overcoming, but they do not talk much about how to struggle. And the reality for many of us as men is that many of us find, you know, in a situation now where I'm struggling, you know, be it relationally, be it professionally, or what might be both. And and you don't know how to get through this because everyone tells you that everything should be on the backs of men. Figure it out. You know, and that doesn't help us. How? You know, as JB just said, do you have some wise counsel in your life? You know, the Bible talks about iron, sharpens iron. So a man sharpens another man. You know, it is the sharing of our faults and failures and shortcomings that help us, first of all, reach this place of humility with one another as men, which again is intimacy amongst men. You know, we are so afraid to say words that have a feminine connotation because not enough of us understand that there is some feminine in every man. And there is some masculine in every woman. You know, the yin needs the yang. 
That's why you see a dot of both in the other. But we don't understand that as men, there's nothing wrong with me understanding that right now, I kind of need to understand this feminine energy that I'm experiencing. And I need to recognize that does not make me any less of a man. It doesn't mean that I act feminine, but the same God made both of us, male and female. Mm -hmm. So that means that we are different, but we are also the same because we came from the same manufacturer. The same things are in the both of us, just not as much of certain things. And that's true spiritually and it's true biologically. But we spend so much time as men and women trying to prove how much we are different and how much we are independent of one another that we don't realize that 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 we're supposed to be um, interdependent. And it's our interdependence that helps us understand one another. Because mm -hmm. although I may have had a breakup with a, a woman in a romantic sense, there are still some other women in my life that I need to help me understand how my behavior in that relationship may have been interpreted. But then help me understand when she was saying X, Y, and Z are doing A, B, and C. I didn't understand that. Can you explain it to me? But humble ourselves and ask the question. But we have to get beyond Superman and realize when Clark Kent is really hurting and realize that I can be both. I am. Clark Kent was Superman. It was just that there were two different parts of him. It's, it's, it's almost like God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which I equate to being water in life, liquid, solid, and a gas. It's the same thing. It's different forms. And we don't sometimes understand our life as such. And it's because, I'm going to end here, we don't answer the question that Shakespeare said, to thine own self be true. I don't know who I am. So I need to have an encounter like Jacob had with God, that he can break within me what needs to be broken, that I can then have a name change because I realize now who I am. And you know what? A lot of men will have a lot more of a better understanding about who they are and their position of where they're at in life if they had someone who was a mentor to them, you know, especially from childhood on up. And a lot mm -hmm. of times, a, a lot of men, a, a lot of young men don't know their position in life. They really don't know where they're going because they really don't have no kind of spiritual guidance and they're yeah. taught to think and act a certain way. So, but the thing about it is that as, as men, if we have people who are mature enough mm -hmm. to be by our side and, mm -hmm. and, and not uh, look down on the other individual simply because he shed a tear or simply because he embraced another brother as, as, as looking as if it is a sign of weakness when it is actually a, a sign that a person is actually reaching out to them. People have lost their lives because mm -hmm. they weren't able to express themselves, you know, Ooh. jumping off the 11 floors on the uh, 11 story building, you know, slitting their, right. their, their wrists and things of that nature yeah. because they had no one to talk to. You know, we have to uh, get a campaign to say, hey, you are an, you are man enough to still cry. 
you know, mm -hmm. you can still do it. We need something where to where men can actually come together and, and, and embrace one another and not having to look down upon another man just simply because he wanted to show his emotions. And in society, you know, it, it's really kind of messed up that we're the position that we are in uh, these days. You know, on, on the other hand, uh, me growing up, I, I bring my my personal experiences that I know what it's like to be punched in the chest and saying, don't cry, be a man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Get on that football field, boy. Don't worry. Oh, you know, you crash or you drop on the ground again. You're like, wait a minute, but that really hurt. You know, <laughs> shake it off. You know, you pretend, right. but you know it really yeah. hurt. You know, when you you had a football pass and some joker knocked you down, you're like, wait a minute, man. <laughs> I'm not going to fake the fuck. But, okay. you know, but besides that in itself is that we need more bonding with other men. And brothers need to know that this that this is normal and not unnormalized, you know. So we need to normalize that it's okay to embrace other men. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for to us. one of the, one of the things I think that we have to um, discover even within men that we will have a conversation with is what men have the capacity to listen to us and have the capacity to be honest who has the space for it? and for when, when we go through and we we look at just masculinity mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that don't have the capacity for the changes that a masculine man has to go through to become who he is. It's just expected that the moment that we reach 21, you need mm -hmm. to figure out how to do it. You need to figure out how to do mm -hmm. this. You need to figure out how to do this. Case in point. Now, I I don't try to go and, and dive to the women, you know, before I used to get in trouble for it, but I'm a little <laughs> bit more careful. But case in point, there are a lot of women who have an expectation of men to always be strong but there are not a lot of women that have the capacity to be able the capacity or the range to be able to handle when a man who is a good man fails mm -hmm. when he fails that man is afraid mm -hmm. to say something because guess what in Thanks. the culture that we live in the woman is supposed to hold us accountable to achievement Mm -hmm. But she's never capable of being able to hold us up as we are changing our achievement from something that seems to be a failure to now it's a lesson. We are not allowed to have the capacity to have a loss and learn. The only capacity that we have is it expands when we have a victory because we want to see us have a victory again. But when we have a loss... It's, well, you should have did this. Well, you're a man. Well, you need to figure it out. Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I could be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and tomorrow I could be driving buses. Does that change the character that I have developed? Does that change the person that I am that you see mm -hmm. me to be? Does that change the consistency that you've gotten from me? Or mm. is it a shell that is broken out of, and maybe it's an opportunity for you to see my humanity, but because you look mm -hmm. at sometimes a man as superhuman, when he becomes uh, 
regular individual like Clark Kent, you're expecting him to revert back to a place that's now fractured. If you can mm -hmm. handle the fracture, we can have a conversation. But if you're not able to handle the fracture, now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that man is using that as an excuse because mm -hmm. there are some men that are fractured and they, they love being in a fractured place because mm -hmm. they try to play off of their pity in order to mm -hmm. get points with weak women. But I'm talking about the man that is always strong, is always doing everything necessary. He has a moment. Who has the capacity for the achieving man that gets an L? Here's, here's the thing about that. I don't necessarily want to put that on the women. I think that's a people thing in general. Let me tell you what I mean. Sometimes when people experience a loss, we have to get good at making sure we check on folks and mm -hmm. making sure that we're a, a shoulder for that person to listen to and say, hey, look, I know you took an L. Show me what happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you develop a plan and say, okay, this is what we're going to do next. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what happens is once you develop your own inner circle, it isolates and insulates you from further harm. And what right. happens is when you have your close-knit folks that you can be intimate with and be vulnerable with, mm -hmm. that ice that insulates you from harm from outside. And what happens is nine times out of ten, us as men, we are bad at not seeking help from other men because That's we have right. this thing where we like, well, I got it, dog. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about me. Ain't no sweat off my back. It's just, I just took an ill right, out of my back. You know what I mean? That, that's that pride that kicks in. But pride comes before the fall. You see Hello? what I'm saying? Think about it. Every, mm -hmm. every good army always has uh, another, another helper that comes through. You see what I'm saying? A mm -hmm. uh, 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 wing, that, mm -hmm. that, that second infantry that comes in. You know what I'm saying? That comes in and flanks you flanks from the left and from the right. You know what I mean? To make sure that we come yeah. in. But in, in order for you to do that, y'all got to have a battle strategy. But in order for you to do that, you have to have a, a history mm -hmm of developing that battle strategy. You have to have a certain place of vulnerability to say, mm -hmm. hey, look, we're going to do this. And in order for you to do that, you got to have complete trust in that person. And mm -hmm. we have gotten really, really bad about uh, taking care of our trust when it comes to different people. You know what yes, I mean? Sir. Sometimes people will go back and tell your business. You're like, I know I ain't going to tell you nothing else no more. You're right here. You know what I'm saying? That teaches people not to trust you and be vulnerable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Those are some of the things we have to get good at. You know, if somebody brings something to you, let it stay between yeah. you two. You don't yeah. have to tell everything. You know what I mean? And use that as a lesson to teach somebody else, but don't tell that person's business. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Because they're not going to open mm -hmm. up to you if you tell their business. I don't know if y'all ever had somebody tell your business before or and they get back to you and it's totally mm -hmm. different from what you what you told the other person. I know exactly what it came <laughs> from because I ain't told nobody but that person right there. Hello. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, hey, why did you why did you tell them this? That was between it's me supposed and to be you. it's supposed to be a it's supposed to be an intercessor. Right. What I think is what I think is so important that um we don't talk a lot about when it comes to this depression stuff. Right. I don't think we're educated on exactly what depression is, um, especially as black men. Mm -hmm. um, go, we don't know the signs and the symptoms. We often brush it off. Like I heard of some of us say, uh, we took an L or some of us just say, I want to be alone. Right. I'm not feeling myself. 
Oh, mm-hmm. I'm slipping right now. I'm off to my game. Mm-hmm. So that's just some terms that we use to substitute that the fact that we might depression. be in a, a depression right now. Yeah. Right. You know, if you, you lost your, you, you lost your appetite, you lost interest in everything that you had interest in. There's some type of a impairment going on in your life. Um, th- and, and if this is just happening for a period of two weeks, that, that falls under the criteria of major depression. There you go. So we, we need to understand what depression is and not brush it off as, as mm-hmm. something like, hey, I just I took an L or I'm off my right. game. No, right. you, you're going through some stuff and, and you really do need to seek, seek some type of mm-hmm. counseling. Um, I think that's what um we often do as, as black men. We, you know, we cover these things up with all these terms that we've learned over the years and not really understand what we're dealing with or what we what we're experiencing. Like if you if you have no interest in doing anything that you were doing, you don't want to eat, you don't want to get out of bed. Um, you, this has been going on for two or more weeks, for four mm-hmm. weeks, brother. You're dealing with depression right now. And you need you need some help. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's so important for us to start to educate ourselves on what these things are, and not you know just stick to the status quo of what mm-hmm. we've been taught uh, on how to handle handle these emotions. Right. There's a range, yeah. like you said. If it's two weeks and it goes beyond that, you need some help. Yeah, you need some help. Yeah. And, and, and you know what else? We we have a tendency sometimes too to where not only will we isolate from the experience and the emotion, but we will isolate from the effect of that emotion to prevent ourselves from going into the experience of that thing. There's sometimes where we just don't want to have that experience because we have seen other people do it so then we do what we suppress that's intentionally putting something away i I will suppress it because i am not going to deal with it and i've told myself no ma'am no ham no mayo i am not going to deal with that i'm not going to go into that space because essentially we are afraid to say that we are afraid We are afraid to let anybody know that we have a fear of something. So I will isolate myself from the effect of something by not allowing myself to have the experience. So I, so I might, I might come to a point of telling you, right. But I have removed all the emotions from it because I refuse to enter that space. You ever talk to somebody that's like, man, what you saying is a, is quite horrible, but, why doesn't it impact you? Why are you so nonchalant? Because I have suppressed it so much that I have removed myself away from the effect that it's supposed to have on me. Like we don't realize that's something it's supposed to affect you like that. It's supposed to make you cry. It's supposed to make you vulnerable. It's supposed to make you weak. So we don't allow natural occurrences to happen. Because we have convinced ourselves that if it goes against the grain of what I know to be manhood, then I refuse to experience this thing or allow myself to to come into a space that I'm unfamiliar with. Because why? Because I am afraid. So I will isolate. I will use some substitution words. Well, I just want to be by myself or, uh, you know, I'm just whatever. I don't want the outside world. 
to know something is going on. That's just further isolation. That's just further demonstrates that how depressed we really are. And I think that to, to AB's point, there are a lot of men who suffer in silence because we are afraid to say something. We are afraid to, to go into the experience, which honestly, to kind of shift gears in the reverse end, that could actually cripple you in the relationship. Because suppose you get in a new relationship, you don't know how to go and dive into emotions. So now I cannot be vulnerable with this woman. So the only thing I have to offer her that resembles vulnerability is sex. And in my head, we, we, we got good intimacy. You got good sex. That's it. But good sex can make a bad relationship last too long. So therefore, Sometimes you operate the same way in a bad relationship and a good one. And you don't give this woman sometimes the luxury or the courtesy of knowing who you are, who you are, what you are, how you respond, if you respond, when you respond. So you essentially become, as Tamia said in that song back in 01, a stranger in your own house. because. You think that everything or everyone around you is changing or doing something when essentially it is you who is the catalyst for everything around you that may be going wrong. But why can't you see it? You can't see it because it's become such a part of you that you think that's who you are. That's what was wrong. In that with that demon possessed man in the Bible, you know, that had 10,000 demons on the inside of him, but he was still able to function. And then Jesus comes and the demons uh, cry out. But the man wanted to worship, but he couldn't because he had an internal uh, internal conflict. And my thing is, a lot of us have an internal conflict. It was not until those demons came out of the man and made those pigs go crazy. That the man and everyone else realized just how much the inside of this man was impacting his environment. He was able to see it because Christ made it come out of him. He can now see the craziness because the blinders were taken off of him. And that's where a lot of us are. The blinders are on our eyes and we can't see because we're blinded by what we have convinced ourselves is normal. And now when this woman or anybody else presents something rational or reasonable, we don't see it that way. Yeah. Because again, we've told ourselves, I'm okay. I'm yeah. fine. You know, we tonight we only talked about two <laughs> of, these, of these things. And it's there's so many that um, we can that we can talk about. But it gets so deep, we only was able to cover denial and displacement. Yeah, right. But um, like Greg, you you mentioned a couple of times, there's repress, regression, repression, suppression, compensation, projection. Like we do <laughs> all these things to avoid experiencing certain emotions and feelings, and specifically depression, because as a lot of us said tonight, you know, it, we've been taught that it's a sign of weakness. Um, it's been yep. it's a it's a way it's a sign of softness. 
Um, so in order to not show those vulnerable emotions that were actually hurt, um, that, you know, this breakup actually brought us some pain, that this um, divorce or whatever it might be is actually, um, you know, haunting us. We use these defense mechanisms to show the world that we are okay when we're really not. Um, you know, some of us might go home and cry in the dark, but a, a, a lot of us, a lot of us are even too tough to do that. What you talking? Ooh. And I, I've been there. I've been there. I'm talking That's a whole show. Man crying in the dark. I'm speaking from experience. So we're, we're going to kind of wrap up, but um, I think we definitely need to continue this conversation because like I said, right. we only touched the tip of the iceberg when it comes to these um, defense mechanisms we use to deal with depression and any other feelings that we or don't know how to express or afraid to express. Part two. Um, part two. Definitely. definitely. So, um, Might be a part three. Yeah. The way Hello. Going. Yeah. <laughs> a series. So um, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll leave it as any any closing remarks um, from you brothers. And then um, also at the same time, you can tell them, tell people where they can follow you, where they can find you, um, what type of events or um, of, or programs, anything you got coming up, coming up. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my thing is this, gentlemen, make sure that you seek help. You're not in this by yourself. And uh, sometimes we always think that we may have the answer to everything, but sometimes we just don't, you know, yeah. and it's okay to not know everything. It's okay not to have it together. You know what I mean? Nobody has it all together, but I think what happens is as we, as we get older, we should be able to uh, share how we feel without ridicule. You know what I mean? Get around good people who will be able to support you. And also learn how to be a good support system, too. So when people are helping you, you can appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing for, for somebody else to come in to help you out. It's another thing for you to go out and help somebody else, too. Mm -hmm. The return is always a blessing as well. Like I said, it's always a blessing to give than it is to receive. That's yeah. right. Sometimes it's a, it's a blessing to give, too. So sometimes instead of, you know, always looking at, uh, hey, you know, I need help. I need help. Sometimes get in the habit of helping others, too. Yeah. So that way you can understand what it feels like to give to help somebody else. And then when somebody else helps you, you appreciate that. So that's, right. that's my main thing is to make sure that you return the gift. Uh, you reciprocate the gift of listening and caring. And uh, you can always reach me online. YouTube, Lost in Translation podcast. I'm just not getting this thing together. I got some new equipment. We're ready to go. Just had to get a few things wrapped up, but we're going to get started. We're going to have some of these conversations that men need to have mm -hmm. in relationships and in marriage and and singleness and a whole lot of other things in the context where we want to make sure we understand who we are as a whole person you know mm -hmm. what i mean as a physical man and a spiritual man because we can't deny one without the other thank you so much thank you gentlemen for allowing me the space to come on again and share the panel with you guys you know i know a lot of time we flip in the bible can i turn to the book of hip-hop uh, Rich Homie Kwan said, I be feeling like the man when I walk through. I ain't feeling what you're saying when I walk through. I see your girl staring when I walk through. But here's the reality. Sometimes men are not primarily concerned about how they feel when they walk through. So I want to encourage 
any man watching, you got to be really emotionally intelligent and self-aware as to where you are at this season of life because know that it's okay to not be okay. But we have to come into a healthy relationship with vulnerability to realize that it is never for us to uh, avoid our emotions of any kind. We must learn that at the end of the day, celebrate. Even when you feel bad, bring yourself to a point of celebration by, first of all, allowing yourself to go through it. And, and you might be depressed or you might have some depression. But if you if you transfer the D-E with the I, you would have I pressed on. And my thing is, we have to understand and realize that that's where we have to get to a place of, of pressing on. I pressed on. I pressed on through the pain. I pressed on through the hurt. I processed it. If I have to see a psychologist or a therapist, that's okay. It doesn't make me any less of a man. We have to start uh, not defining ourselves by these things that we have learned that have nothing to do with manhood. Manhood is not about um, avoiding anything. Man manhood is about handling your responsibilities. And your number one priority and responsibility has to be yourself. So learn how to handle you. Therefore, that if God blesses you with a wife and a family, then you will understand how to deal with them because then you have learned to love yourself. And the Bible says that we have to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If you don't love yourself, you cannot give what you don't have. I love you with the love of the Lord. Amen. I, I was, I was, I guess you'll close out Omar. Omar. Um, I was listening to a podcast today. Um, it was a group of black men talking and the guy said something that I could identify with. Um, because I see it in myself. The, the gentleman said that he was in a relationship with a young lady that was very affectionate, um, loved to hug, loved to kiss, things like that. And it would make him so uncomfortable because he didn't know how to receive it because he didn't grow up in a family that was affectionate or gave a lot of compliments. And then he grew up in an environment where even if you showed love, you would seem as, as soft or weak. So it affected him in his in his relationship. So if if we aren't uh, taught how to even show happiness, love, joy, those like good emotions, we definitely don't know how to show the more vulnerable, harder emotions like depression and sadness. And and it doesn't always have to look like what we might think. You don't have to boo-hoo and cry and all of the, not nothing's wrong with that but you just have to learn how to express it and not suppress it and i think that's something i'm learning um to do in my own life to tell you the truth and i think a lot of brothers need to learn how to how to how to learn to do that he said he, was, he said that in his relationships his young lady um just sat him down one day and said you need to learn to let go you need to learn to let go and i think that's something that a lot of us have a hard time doing just letting go of all these things that we were taught was manhood. Um, that's not, that's really not. So um, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that, man. Right? We just need to learn to let go of some of this stuff. Um, if it's sadness, if it's depression, if it's joy, if you're feeling happy, let it go. Right. Some brothers are too, be too tough to smile. Right. <laughs>
Come on, feeling so, good, dog. I don't know how to. I don't know how to yeah. tell you how to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we need to learn to let go and just be mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, you could you could follow me at Ready for Relationships at the number four on Instagram um, or my website. That's Ready for Thank you, Omar, for allowing me to host tonight. Well, uh, yeah, and, and plenty more. You know, I, I, I admire the field that you're in. The great inspiration in that specific area, and that's why I try to choose. You know, that's why I choose you for this night. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and the other brothers who uh, who have been hosting in the past as well. But um, everybody, pretty much, you know, uh, on this platform have. Uh, giving some great insights, you know, regarding this specific topic. And I'm glad that the brothers have came out here, you know, uh, for another night here on Agape Love Network to talk about depression and how it affects men uh, after breakups, you know. So, uh, but other than that, um, check us out here on Agape Love Network. We're on YouTube, you know, we're here on Facebook. And check me out, Omar Lyles, the mental health coach. Um Check me out on there talking about various uh, topics uh, related to biblical counseling, mental health, relationships, family, and friends. And uh, I just thank each and every single one of you for actually coming out tonight because um, depression is a very, very important topic that people should uh, take heed to. Uh, And I would tell everybody to get the help that they need before it is too late. So, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Thank each and every single one of you. For, uh, for tuning in tonight on Agape Love Network. Until the next time. Oh, on the fourth, uh, fourth Wednesday of the month, please, Women Talk, all right? We're gonna be, they're going to be talking about women's issues and things of that particular nature, so check them out, okay? And that's pretty much it. Sayonara. Until next time here on Agape Love Network with Omar Lyles, the mental health coach.